This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3228 for Wednesday the 16th of December 2020. Today's show is entitled, YAML Basics and is part of the series, Programming 101. It is hosted by Klaatu, and is about 34 minutes long, and carries a clean flag. The summary is, learn about sequence and mapping in YAML. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. You're listening to Hacker Public Radio. This episode's about YAML. YAML ain't a markup language. Well, if it's not a markup language, what is it? It is a data serialization format. That's how it describes itself. YAML is a is is for data serialization. And what that means is that it it is a text format with a specific structure. We all know that you can have text formats with no structure, just plain text. Type some ASCII symbols into a file, save it, and now you've got you've got text without structure. And that works for some things, for for beat poetry and for random thoughts. That works fine. For programmatic things that you want to parse and understand and process, that doesn't that usually does not work so well. And it is a lot easier to ingest data into a computer or an application on running on a computer if you have some kind of predictability some kind of preset structure. You can, of course, invent your own structure. It's not rocket science. You could list, for instance, a series of animals in a text file by placing the animal type or family or or genus, I don't really know scientific terms, in one one column and then delimit it by a, I don't know, a space and then list the, the other thing that animals are called, like their proper name, their other name, their common name. So for instance, you might have penguin space emperor, penguin space gentoo, penguin space rockhopper, and so on. And then you might switch over to a different species, for instance, cat space house, cat space lion, cat space... I'm quickly realizing that I know nothing about animals or how they're categorized. But anyway, the point is you've got this column of, of an animal type and then a, and then some delimiting character and then the the more common name for that animal that seems pretty simple and you could do that and parse that pretty quickly probably with cut or awk or whatever you want to use and that would work that would be fine but the problem is that when you're inventing your own schema like that you you do frequently find that you've not accounted for something and so in the moment you're thinking okay well I'll just make this up as I go along and it seems to be working for the first five and then suddenly you hit the thing where it says penguin space little space blue and now suddenly your your parser which which believes that it delimits each field by a space thinks that this penguin is simply called little because it sees the space between little and blue little blue is a is a name of a New Zealand penguin uh, and and it it throws the the rest of it out because it doesn't know it wasn't told about a third potential field so it takes the first two and moves on to the next line and so on yaml or or any structured data format that is is widely known helps you prevent those kinds of mistakes you can be, because you you learn that schema you learn that method of serializing data and then you use it, and then you are able to leverage libraries and applications and, and other things that other people have developed to help you parse 
the data that you've that you've entered or that you want to ingest one way or another. That's that's the main I think advantage to, for instance, YAML. There are other advantages, but I mean that's kind of just the the the, the fact that it exists and that there are other people using it is one of the main advantages. People also like YAML because it appears to be relatively intuitive, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. It's actually deceptively not as intuitive as you think, or or said a different way, it's very intuitive, but the thing that you figured out through your intuition might be wrong. I'll start then with something that I, I rarely do start with, which is the, the wrong way to interpret YAML. And, and I don't generally like to talk about the wrong way of doing something, because that generally just confuses people. But in this case, I kind of feel like it's important to get this out in the open, because when you look at YAML, you think that it looks more familiar than it actually is. Here's what I mean. Let's say that you've got a YAML file, and you want to list those penguins. You might think, okay, well, I get the gist, I get the idea here. I do a dash and a space, and I put an item. And then when I want to, and remember, this is wrong, and when I want to show a child-parent relationship, then I indent and continue with my dashes. It's just like a bullet list, right? No, it's not. I'm telling you the wrong thing. I'm telling you lies right now. Don't listen to me. Don't internalize any of this. So you might think that YAML is sort of a structured bullet list, and as long as you've done a bullet list in your in your note in your notebook, like in in, in a scrap on a scrap piece of paper when you're going out to do groceries or something, you might think that it's essentially the same thing. It is not though. If you were to do that, if you were to, for instance, make a YAML file that opened with dash space penguins, and then the next line, space space, so you're indenting now, dash space emperor, next line, dash dash, or space space dash space gentoo, next line, space space dash, and so on. So you're indenting things as you would for, you know, your own little, if you were going out to the store, you would hard bullet point hardware store and then under that you would put a little dash maybe hammer dash nails dash screwdriver dash screws and so on and 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 you would know when you look at that you think okay well i see that the heading here is hardware store and under that are all the things that i need to get from the hardware store from within the hardware store and then the next heading which i'll dedent will be the grocery store and so then i'll i'll put under that all of the things that I need within the grocery store, and so on. That's a very intuitive, kind of natural way that most of us have learned how to list things. Heading, sub-item, sub-item, sub-item. Heading, sub-item, sub-item. That is not the structure of a YAML file, though. So let's talk about YAML correctly. Let's talk about what it actually is now that we know what it is not. There are, luckily, you'll be happy to know, two data structures in YAML. That's all there are. Now, you can embed those data structures within one another, but but the the building blocks that you have for YAML files, there there are only two of them. For this process, for this exercise, or when working with YAML, you want to have two things available to you. One, you want YAML lint. YAML lint is, I think it's a Python script, and that looks at a YAML file and tells you whether or not it is valid. But more important than that, because you might be thinking, well, I can just throw my YAML file at my application, and if my application crashes, then I'll know that it's not valid, right? Or my parser or whatever. Um, YAML, YAML lint gives you really good description of what is wrong. It tells you, generally, it, it tells you exactly what's wrong with your, your YAML syntax. You can install it with a pip 
install YAML lint, and that's a double L there in the middle, Y-A-M-L-L-I-N-T, YAML lint. So install that, you'll do yourself that favor, you'll thank yourself later. You'll also need a text editor. That's how you make YAML, you, you type it into a text editor, so that's pretty simple as well. Now there's another thing that I tend to use, which you, you're welcome to use yourself. It is called YAML2JSON. Um, th- this is a Python script that I wrote myself for my use. It's online. I'll link to it in the show notes. You can use that one, or probably, I imagine, there must be half a dozen other ones out there online that you could find. But I do like to use this because YAML, again, intuitively, you look at it, and it's it, lo- it may look to you like it's one thing. But seeing it with the limiters, or, or rather scope sc- characters to define the scope of things sometimes changes the data structure or, or makes it a little bit more apparent. Now that might just be me, it might just be, you know, what my eyes prefer to see, so that may or may not be important to you, but I do find it useful to have a YAML to JSON parser. JSON is a subset of YAML, technically speaking. I mean, I don't know that the creators of JSON talk to the creators of YAML, I don't know what the overlap there is, but when looking at the structure of, of data serialization, I guess, people generally consider JSON a subset of YAML, but it is kind of wildly different when you are looking at it. Visually, it's it's quite different, but the two translate, or well, at least YAML translates to JSON more or less naturally, and certainly with the Python YAML library, it is, it's quite, it's, it's literally just one method that you call, or function that you call, and then you have, you have all your data in, in JSON. So you can kind of compare the two and make sure that, that your your logic and the way that you're sort of thinking of your data is reflected in the way that you have structured it in YAML. Okay, let's talk YAML. So first of all, YAML, as I said, two data structures. There are sequences and there are mappings. And I guess I should really say those as singular. So there is a sequence and there is a mapping. So let's talk about each one. A sequence is exactly what it sounds like. It is a, a sequential list. It is a list of items in a sequence. These these items are indicated to YAML by a dash and a followed by a space. So it's a dash space and then some string or or some value, I should say. It doesn't have to be a string. That's a sequence. So in a YAML file, if you wanted to create a a list, a sequence of things, you could do, for instance, uh, let's do a emacs list.yaml. Well, now that we're typing, I have to mention that the first file, that the first um, line of a YAML file needs to be three dashes. That is the what they call a YAML document delimiter. When there are three dashes, when YAML sees three dashes all on one line, it knows that this has started a new record, essentially. Okay, so we've got our three dashes on its own line and then I'll hit return. And then we'll just do, like I say, a sequence. So we'll do dash space emperor, and then a new line, dash space gen2, new line, dash space little blue. And that's where we'll end it, sort of. Now, YAML really, really likes to see a new line character at the end of a record. So I'm going to not do that right now, just to kind of prove to you how useful YAML lint is. And then I'm going to run my new file through YAML lint. That's YAML lint dot, uh, space, list dot YAML. And it gives me an error. It says no new line character at the end of the file. New line at end of file. So there, it's telling me exactly what the problem is. And it's giving me the opportunity to, to fix that. So 
well, it's not giving me the opportunity. It's refusing to continue until I fix it. Uh, so I'm going to open the file back up. I'm just going to hit return at the end at the, on the very last line. And then I'll run it through YAML lint again, and it says that it's valid. So now I know that I've got good YAML. And that's the sequence. That's a, that's a list of items in a YAML document. That's valid YAML. Looking at it, honestly, it is pretty obvious as to what that is. We, we, we understand that that's a list. But if we wanted to see it in a different structure, just to kind of really, really drive home this point, we can do a YAML to JSON list.yaml. Remember, this is that little YAML to JSON converter that I wrote, but like I said, there's probably a dozen others out there online, and I'll also link to this one. So, on on this, the output of this uh, script shows my YAML in JSON format, and it, 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 it kind of confirms what I said, that this is a list, right? Well, as it happens in JSON, this looks exactly like uh, well, to my eyes, it looks exactly like a Python list. Square bracket, quote, emperor, close quote, comma, quote, gentoo, close quote, comma, quote, little space blue, close quote, close square bracket. There you go. It's a list. Each item is a distinct element in this simple array. So if I were to take that data and pass it to something like Python or Java or Lua and, and say, hey, treat this as an array and give me the, I don't know, first element then I would, I, I'm pretty confident that I would get Gen 2 back. If I said the zeroth element, I'm pretty confident I'd get Emperor back, and so on. And that's what we want. So now, just to, to prove to you that a list is very specific in how it can be structured in YAML, I'm gonna, I'm gonna second guess ourselves. And I'm gonna go back into this list.yaml. I've got my three dashes, that's good, we'll keep that, we know that's necessary. And then, now this is wrong, so be, be alert that this is incorrect. I'm going to do a dash space penguins. So in my incorrect thinking, I'm pretending like this is my header, penguins. It's not. This isn't going to work. And then I'll go to the next line and indent emperor, gentoo, and little blue. So now I've got penguins on its own line, and then indented, I've got a dash space emperor, dash space gentoo, dash space little blue. I'm going to save that. I'm going to run that through YAML lint. It says it's valid YAML, so I guess we're good to go, right? I, I could end the demonstration here. Well, no, I can't. So I'm going to do YAML to JSON list.yaml again, and now the data structure looks really different. I've got the square brackets, and I've got the quotes, and inside the quotes I've got penguins space dash space emperor space dash space gentoo space dash space little space blue. So now my array, my list, contains exactly one item, which is penguins emperor gentoo little blue. That's the item that it contains, right? So if I said, if, if I passed this to a parser of some sort or to a, a, a language of some sort and said, hey, give me give me the, the first element of this array, it would tell me that uh, there was an index error. There is no first element. If I asked it the zeroth element of this array, it would return the entire string, penguins dash Emperor dash Gentoo dash Little Blue. So these are not distinct elements any longer. These the, these as far as YAML and now translated to, J, J, to JSON, as far as those two markup not markup languages data serializers understand, this is all one element, and that is not what we want. So a sequence is exactly it is exactly a single I guess column of items delimited by a dash space. You you cannot just indent things willy-nilly, as they say, in order to sort of suggest, as your brain wants to do, to suggest a parent child relationship between those those items that's not what that's that's not what yaml that's not actually talking to yaml the way that you think it's talking to yaml so that is one kind of data element a sequence 
and that is that that's as simple as it gets it's just a sequence of items with a dash space in front of each item. Each item is on its own line, and there is no indentation happening here. So that seems a little bit too simple. Luckily, there's another kind of data, and it's called a mapping. So I'm going to emacs map.yaml. Let's do that. And we open with three dashes. If you said that, then you have learned the first uh, important stage of, of YAML. So that's good. Three dashes on its own line. And then we'll do something like, I don't know, penguin... And I'm just typing, just literally, just, I'm starting with P-E-N-G-U-I-N, and then colon, emperor. And that's, that's a, that's a, that's an element. Penguin, colon, emperor. That is a mapping element, according to YAML. It has a key, which is penguin, and a value, which is emperor. Now, what if I went to the second line? Well, actually, let's, let's stop there. So I'll go to the second line just to get that new line character. Remember I said that YAML really likes those new line characters at the end. We'll run that through YAML lint map.yaml, and I get no errors. We'll run it through my fancy little YAML to JSON conversion program, YAML to JSON map.yaml, and I get a JSON uh, data structure back that is a brace with, quote, penguin, close quote, colon, and then, quote, emperor, close quote, close brace. So to me, that looks more or less like a Python dictionary, for instance. You've got the, your key and your value. It's, it's a key and value pair. It's a pretty common structure in, well, certainly configuration files, uh, but lots, lots of different things use key and value pairs. Databases, spreadsheets, and so on. That's pretty common. And that's what that gives you. Now let's explore uh, a, a subtlety of YAML, which uh, is ar arguably not necessarily necessarily um, related to this, but it's, it's something that I want to bring up. So you've got three dashes, and you, penguin, colon, emperor, and then I'm going to do it in the next line, penguin, colon, gentoo, and, and then a, a blank line, or a, a carriage return, of uh, whatever it's called, a new line character at the end of that, that, that string. Now I'm going to pipe it through YAML lint, and it tells me that there's an error. Duplication of key penguin is in mapping. So what that's saying is that there are two keys in the same record. Now, if I pipe this through, interestingly, through my little YAML to JSON parser or converter, it actually doesn't error out. It just gives me the most recent key value pair. So I pipe that through, and it says Penguin Gentoo. And I mean that's not wrong. It's just it my Emperor Penguin got eaten. So I'm going to go back into my map here. And remember, I said those three dashes are really important to YAML, and that they sort of delineate these YAML documents, as in YAML lingo, they're documents. I mean, they're in the same text file, so to you and me, it probably feels like, well, that is one document. But YAML, you can separate it for YAML with these three dashes so that you can have sort of two documents in one file. So I've got a three dash, penguin, colon, emperor, three dashes, penguin, colon, gentoo, and then my new line character. Oh, and I think I actually have to close that with three dashes. Pretty darn sure that I have to do that. Pipe that through YAML lint, I get no errors. And then I pipe it through my little converter, and I get penguin emperor, penguin gen2, and then null. Um, so that's just kind of a, a point of order that you, that, that any, that any YAML document, or if you want to think of them as records, you, you cannot double up, you cannot validly double up on your keys. There, there must be unique keys within each record or each document. Okay, so point is, we've got this new mechanism available to us now, which is a word followed by a colon, and then a space, and then another word, or another value. And, and this maps 
a value to a specific key. It's like assigning a variable in a programming language, very, very much like that. You're just saying, well, here's, here's a term that I'll use broadly to represent whatever I need to represent at any given time. So we say penguin, sometimes we're meaning emperor, sometimes we're meaning gen 2, sometimes we're meaning a little blue, whatever. And we can specify what kind of penguin by mapping that value, the specific value, to this sort of generic term that, that we've chosen. It doesn't have to be penguin. But in this case, it makes sense that it is penguin because that is what we're talking about. And, and certainly descriptive keys tend, it's very advantageous. So we'll, we'll keep it at penguin, colon, space, emperor. And that's a mapping. That's all you need to know about mappings, to be honest. That's, that's again, that's as complex as it gets. The, the, now you know the two data types, the two building blocks of YAML. You know sequence, which is a bunch of different lines with a space and a dash in front of each value. And you know a mapping, which is, a key, colon, and then a value. You're done, practically. But of course, you're not really done, because in fact, you can use, these are building blocks. These things are, are building blocks, meaning that you can you can combine them in new and interesting ways. So let's say that you do want to list those penguins again. So you might have, for instance, in map.yaml, three dashes, and then we'll open it up with just the word penguin colon. But then instead of giving just one value, emperor what if we fed it what if we entered a sequence instead let's try that so we're going to do penguin colon and then new line so no no value to this key and then we're going to indent i'm just going to do two two indents uh you 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 can do more or fewer actually indentations but i think the the convention seems to be two spaces although i don't know maybe some Python people prefer like four spaces or something. I'm not sure. But I'm going to do uh, space space. And then I'm going to do my dash space to open up a sequence. And I'm going to type in the word emperor. And then I'm going to go to the next line, which Emacs automatically indents for me. So I'll just do a dash, uh, uh, dash space gen 2. Next line, dash space little blue. So now if you can picture it, I've got penguin colon and then a, an indented block that is a sequence. I'm terminating that with a, a new line character, of course. I'm going to run that through YAML lint. I get no errors. And then I'm going to pass it through my JSON file just so that we can kind of see it in a different context. And this is exactly what I'd hoped for. So now I have a JSON entity here. To, to, again, to my eyes, I would call this a, a dictionary from, from, from Python experience. So uh, penguin, well, quote, penguin, close quote, colon. And then within this, within this, this bracketed section, or this brace, the, the curly brace section, I have embedded square bracket list, emperor, comma, gentoo, comma, little blue. So I have a dictionary element, penguin colon some value, but the value is a list of three different values, emperor, gentoo, and little blue. And those are all distinct. So I could identify with, again, some programming language of my choosing, I could identify the key of penguin and then zero in on which kind of penguin I wanted from from this list of all possible penguin types. And just to build on this example really quick, we could go back into this file and start and, and add another key. Like so we have penguins and then the sequence of penguins, Emperor, Gentoo, and Little Blue. We could also do, for instance, I don't know, demon colon. Uh, space space dash space. Uh, we could do uh beastie. That's the name of the BSD guy, right? Beastie. Um, and the new line, space, space, dash, space, uh, imp. And then space, space, dash, space, glabretsu. And then 
in in that with a, a new line. And then we can do uh, a YAML lint on that just to make sure that we're we're still valid. Yep, no problems there. And then run that through my little converter. And sure enough, we've got curly braces, quote, penguin, close quote, colon, and then a list of all the penguins, Emperor Gentoo Little Blue, and then a comma, and then a new key, quote, demon, close quote, colon, and then a list assigned to that value, or to that key, rather, with Beastie, Imp, and Glabretsu. So you've, you can have different keys with, with a, a unique, with, with its own little sequence embedded into each key, all within the same YAML document. Now, if we had, if we did that with, for instance, penguins again, then, then we would have to make a new document, right? That would be a different data set. But because the keys are unique, penguin, demon, uh, wildebeest, or, or gnu, I don't know what kind of animal a wildebeest is, or a gnu, a bovine? Cow? Are they cows? Bulls? I'm not sure. Whatever. Shouldn't have chosen animals for my example set here. The point, though, is that, that a unique key, as long as you get unique keys, you can fill up your YAML document with whatever you need. It's just, you, you can't have the same key appearing more than once. Okay, so now let's talk about embedding, I don't know, maps into a sequence. Let's try that, should we? Yeah, why not? Let's try it. Emacs map.yaml. This time we're going to, um, let's make our key just like animal, and then we'll do a colon, uh, colon space, or no, colon new line, and then on the next, wait, what am I doing? I'm embedding maps into a sequence. Okay, got it. So I've got, uh, animal colon, space space dash space, penguin colon emperor, penguin colon gentoo, penguin colon little blue. Close it with a new line character, of course, and then run it through. So before I, I hit return here on this YAML lint, do you think that's going to work, or do you think that's going to fail? So I had animal as my key, and then, uh, and then as the value, I had a sequence. And in each sequence item, I had a, the key is penguin, followed by the, the, the type of penguin. There's no wrong answer. Well, there is a wrong answer. Um, but you shouldn't fear. There's no penalty for having the wrong answer. Just kind of think about it for a moment. It is a bit tricky. Uh, well, it turns out if you hit YAML lint, um, it, it does not fail. It, it succeeds. That is, that's some valid stuff there. And again, I, I feel like, I don't know, from my brain, YAML doesn't necessarily make that super obvious as to why. I mean, it's, it's kind of obvious now, but, but when first sort of grappling with YAML, it was very confusing to me. And it it sort of has everything to do with scope. So when you're separating the different keys with those three dashes, you're scoping out where that key appears. And you're saying, well, this key is valid here, and then I'm going to put three dashes, and now I can have that key again with a different value, and nobody cares because we all understand those three dashes mean, oh, we're in a different document. Well, it's kind of similar in this setup, where we have animal as the key, but then we embed a list into that value. So the, the value of this key is its own list. Well, that that's one thing, but to make it even more complex, within that list, we've embedded mappings, which have their own little scope, because they're each in their own little item. So you've got map, you've got penguin emperor enclosed in curly braces. You've got penguin gentoo enclosed by curly braces. You've got little blue, uh, penguin little blue by curly braces. So the exact JSON of that, and you can try this on your own if you need to see it to, to kind of wrap your mind around it, but it's curly brace quote, animal, close quote, colon, space, square bracket, curly brace, 
quote, penguin, close quote, colon, quote, emperor, close quote, close curly brace, comma, and so on, until you get to the very end, and then you close your final curly brace, which would be the one after little blue. You close your square bracket, which kind of closes the value out for the animal, and then finally close the whole thing, the whole document, which is the curly brace. So I don't know how well that comes across through audio, but you can try it on your own, and you can kind of see, you'll see why, oh yeah, okay, I get why those keys can be distinct from one another in this setup, while they couldn't be distinct in some other setup. And, and that's, this this underscores, even if you don't sort of internalize what I just said, this does underscore the, the flexibility of those simple two little building blocks that you can embed in one another, and it completely changes sort of the, the structure or the the scope of the data, the, the way that the data relates to each other. In one format, you're only allowed to have one kind of penguin, and then you embed it into a mapping and into a sequence, and suddenly you can have all the penguins you want. It can be confusing to look at when you're looking at, for instance, an Ansible playbook, and you're looking at this thing and you see name, 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 name. You know, you see all these these repeating keys, and you just think, why are these here? Well, they're there because they they have been scoped into a different data element, and so they're not interfering with one another. And that's a very important thing to realize when looking, especially, I find, at Ansible playbooks, because you do see a lot of what appears to be repetition in, a, in an Ansible playbook. And I think mentioning Ansible playbooks is important in a way because it also kind of... Uh, it exposes the fact that there there really isn't a right or wrong way to structure your valid YAML data. So there is a wrong way to structure YAML, and YAML lint will tell you if you've done that. But as long as it is valid, there isn't really necessary. I mean, a data scientist, or, or a rather information scientist, might very much argue with me on that on that concept and and I would I'd gladly concede but in general like for your own purposes I mean there might be optimal ways right but as long as it's valid yaml you can structure your data practically any way that you want as long as you have anticipated that in your parser or or as long as you account for it in your parser so again going back to to ansible which is what made me think of this there are there are certain structures in an Ansible play that you look at it and you just think, well, wait a minute. Now, that is neither a mapping nor a sequence. So why is that valid? And it kind of goes back to that that wrong example that I did where we were mapping list items to another list item, to a, a sequence to a sequence, which is not possible, right? You have to, you can, you can map a key to a, a sequence, or a sequence to a key, I guess, but but you can't you can't just indent things whenever you want in hopes of there being some kind of suggestion of inheritance and the 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 reason for that is that the reason that ansible tends to sometimes allow that sort of thing is because your the, the parser knows that that's what it's going to get so in other words if i go back to the the bad yaml example here which i think i called bad.yaml if i go back to that and and pipe it back through my converter Remember, we got this big, huge chunk of a list that is one item. Penguins dash emperor dash gentoos dash little blue. Well, as long as my parser knows that I am going to feed it an array 
that contain that contains one item, but that that one item contains four strings separated by space dash space, then there's no problem. So I'm, I'm saying this because I want you to know that there are no YAML police. They're not going to come knocking on your door, making sure that your YAML sort of like makes the most sense and is is the 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 most optimal and logical order of data that you could possibly have written. If you're writing YAML for your own data from scratch, you, you're you're having to think of how you're structuring it yourself, then go for it. Do whatever makes sense for you and then have your parser process that accordingly. If you have to adapt it later or, or change it, you modify it later, um, because you realized, well, that, that really shouldn't just be a list. There should be a parent item there. And, of course, you know, because you know the two different types of YAML building block uh, data types, you'd know that, well, okay, if I want a, a heading item there, I, I need to make a mapping. And in that mapping, there will be a list. So I need to indent that list under this mapping that has a key and no value, or rather a key and then the value is the sequence that is then indented, that sort of thing. As long as you're making valid YAML choices, then your YAML is valid, and you will be able to parse it with lots and lots of different pre-written YAML libraries without fear. As long as your parser knows how to then interpret what you're giving it, you are good as gold. So that's it. That's YAML. I hope that really does help. Um, YAML, like I say, can be deceptively simple when you look at it, then you start thinking about it and figuring out how to recreate it, and you realize you have no idea what the structure is. It looks like you do, but you don't. No worries, now you really do. Sequence, mapping, and several combinations of those. It's all you need to know. Good luck. Have fun. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.